This is a Good Time Charlie production. $100 bills, peel on Ducatis and other four wheels. There must be some kind of way out of here, said the Joker to the thief. Dearly beloved, we have gathered here today to get through this thing called life. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. It was the age of wisdom. It was the age of foolishness. It was the epoch of belief. It was the epoch of incredulity. Call me Ishmael. Some years ago, never mind how long, precisely having little or no money in my purse and nothing particular to interest me on shore, I thought I would sail about a little and see the watery part of the world. The opening to an album, a book, or in this case, a song, can place the writer squarely in the annals of history and enshrine their words into the zeitgeist forevermore, making these works of art iconic. The opening bars on a hip-hop track act as its thesis statement. It's meant to show you exactly what the song is about, a means of telling the listeners in no uncertain terms what is coming. What separates hip-hop from other genres of writing is that the rhyming has been determined psychologically to offer, and I quote, enhanced aesthetic appreciation, higher intensity in processing, and more positively perceived and felt emotions, with the latter finding being mediated by lexicality. End quote. Basically, rhyming and rhyming well makes the brain buzz. So when a track sets it off impressively, the listener is made all the happier. This episode was inspired by a tweet. It's a shame Twitter is being destroyed by a madman as icebreakers like this will certainly be missed. Don Will of the group Tanya Morgan posted a tweet with an embedded TikTok video that, as it turned out, was a clip from his Sonos radio show, The Almanac of Rap. In that video, Don Will and his guest, rapper Gene Gray, discussed the best opening lines on a hip-hop track. I was immediately inspired and reached out to Ant and said, we have to do an episode discussing this. I then reached out to some friends and asked them for their top five opening bars. And well, a couple of them came through. So here we are. Let's talk bars. It always makes me chuckle to myself how much of hip-hop tradition was ingrained from the very start. On our last episode, we discussed how the first commercial hip-hop song was also a summer jam. Here, we see that its opening bars were also historic. Anyone who appreciates rap music and hip-hop knows the bars. I said a hip Hop the hippie to the hip to the hip hip poppy you don't stop the rocket to the bang bang boogie say up jump the boogie to the rhythm of the boogie beat. You say up jump the boogie to the rhythm of the boogie beat. Hip hop music is founded on setting it off, and MCs of note recognize that and abide by it even to this day. So let's go. 
podcast i host it sometimes and i host it and uh we talk music and it's great and I, we talk about music from more of a historical perspective our personal histories in some situations and then the actual history of the music i am the nsta 713 that is the illest to ever do it tatum 216 good evening and uh yeah i'm very excited for this one i was uh i was as soon as I heard it, I don't know. So every, every now and again, so a podcast is not is not something we can make with a, uh, as as regular as we make our regular shows because it just it requires a lot. It asks a lot of us in general. But when we get a buzz going, man, I got to do something with it. I can't help myself. Plus, I was listening to another podcast and they tried to use a podcast as a segment, and I was so mad that I didn't even know what to do. It's like, bro, you cannot take my name. And uh, it's a name that we've had for like almost ten years because it's been this has been a long, a, around as long as our regular show. Of course, it stays crunchy and milk. You should be getting down with that. But it's easy. Ant and I are going to rattle off our top fives uh, of, of of what we feel are the top five opening bars to a, 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 so- a hip hop song, and talk a little bit about that history of that track and so forth, what it means to us and why. And it's kind of nice. I think you're going to dig it. But. We always cheat a little bit, at least I do, and it, it does something from time to time as well. And I throw an honorable mention in there because I can't, I can rarely walk away with just five. So, I, <laughs> so of course, uh, honorable mention is uh, G's Up, Holds Down by one Snoop Doggy Dog at the time, at least, off his uh, debut album, Doggy Style. Uh, of course, his, his, his bars to that. Actually, you know what? I have something for you for that. I'll let Snoop do this himself. While interviewing Michael Rappaport on Snoop's Double G News Network, Michael basically asked, G's up, hose down. Mm-hmm. Now tell me if I'm wrong. Was it, is that not on Doggy Style as it is released today? It's on the first 100,000 copies of Doggy Style. But was that was that a, a, a what was the reason? We couldn't clear the sample from. Oh, okay. Isaac Hayes, ladies and gents, players and pimps, listen. Snoop Doggy Dogs on the mic. Pay attention. One, two. Oh, what shall I do? I'm slipping on my khaki suit. Which one, the blue one? It's a uh, uh, buy me a khaki suit right after the first time I heard that. <laughs> Uh, released in on uh, November 23rd, 1993, the artist then known as Snoop Doggy Dogg's debut album was released. The original pressing had two additional tracks listed on it, Jesus Opposed Down and the next episode featuring Dr. Dre. If you listen to the album, the order went from Doggy Dog World to Jesus Opposed Down, and then the album finished with Pump Pump with no the next episode to be found. Subsequent pressings had Jesus Opposed Down removed entirely, and the next episode, which only existed on the track listing, was deleted. Apparently, the sample that was used in the next episode ended up being used by Warren G. and his song, Running With No Breaks. Uh, as you just heard, uh, uh, the dog father state, ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, listen. One, two, three. 
too Oh what shall I do, I'm slipping on my khaki suit The blue one gun by my side as I mob through the beach On a mission and I'm fishing for my DJ Warren G Snoop Doggy Dogg's on the mic, pay attention One, two, oh what shall I do, I'm slipping on my khaki suit Which one, the blue one and of course, you heard Snoop do it. You just heard me do it. And when I and when you when this is all said and edited, you'll hear the original version of that because it's real good and it really means the world to me. It's one of them joints, man. It's just I have considered paying some real, real money to buy an original vinyl pressing of that so I can have that particular track. And actually, I uh, found some art which I've. I'll probably share uh, in the. I don't know if I can share in the show notes, but uh, I'll probably share with uh, at least the, our skim patrons of of somebody who had the original CD. And of course, you can see on there, G's a post down in the next episode. And you know, years later, of course, on two thousand one, they did make a song called the next episode. But I always wonder what the one that uh, we didn't get sounds like. Uh, Ant Man, you got any uh, honorable mentions? Let's go around. Yeah. Um... I kind of feel like um, my honorable mention was like something I don't know if a, like a lot of people would like think it's like like deep, but most of my list is like stuff that just felt great to me or has you know this special uh, lyrics that caught me from the beginning. Of course, like with most rapper hip hop songs, the beat helps. The beat always yeah. helps. Yes, but th- uh, but a couple of these songs, like my number two and this one, like they pretty much just go right into it, and the beat really doesn't make a difference in that. So my honorable mention is "Yah" by um, by Kendrick Lamar, um, and the lyrics go from the beginning. I got so many theories and suspicions. I'm diagnosed with real nigga conditions. Today is the day I follow my intuition. Keep the family close. Get money for bitches. I double park the Austin in the red. My mama told me that I'ma work myself. Today is the day I follow my intuition. Keep the family close. Get money, fuck bitches. So I even got like um like an Instagram post or like me and my two boys, like they both on a candle and like I'm laying down watching TV. And that's what I felt at that moment. Like um, not really the fuck bitches part because that part of my life is long over. But like, <laughs> um, just I got I, it's so much going on in my life and in my thoughts and in my spirit, but at the same time, just like my family is what I hold close to me, and I I love that moment. So that's why I chose that as my honorable mention. Very good. All right. First up for me. I don't even know if, if is this is this going. Is it first or five? Yeah, it's a good question to me because I, yeah. I I feel like sure I'm gonna tell you this is my top five, but don't put this in any order because depending on the day, five could be one, one could be five. Illmatic was spoken of in hushed tones amongst my more hip hop inclined high school friends. We knew it was coming, and the source had given it its vaunted five mic rating. New York State of Mind does set that album off crazy. But it's when I heard the opening notes of Life's a Bitch that I fell in love. Best Stop Brooklyn's own AZ came in and it was absolutely over. I've never heard anything like it at the time. I quickly began working on memorizing uh, his verse as well as the entire song. 
so my number five or my number one, as we discussed, could go either way some days, is the opening bars to Life's a Bitch off of Nas's uh, first uh, album, Illmatic. The verse is by one Anthony Cruz, a.k.a. Z. And it's, of course, visualizing the realism of life in actuality. Fuck who's the baddest of person's status to be Money orientated, I'm destined to live the dream for all my people who never made it. Cause yeah, we were beginners in the hood as five percenters, but something must have got in us. going to say, because we was beginners in the hood as five percenters, but something must have got in us because all of us turned to sinners. Everything about that verse, I don't think I've... I don't think I heard somebody since Nas at Live at the Barbecue come through on their first verse with such gusto, you know, like that verse. It's like life affirming to me. You know what I'm saying? I I, I heard that. I had that. Not, I had Illmatic on a tape. It's actual tape. You know what I'm saying? I got it from like, I want to say uh, Market Square Mall in Decatur, Georgia. Because I, I still lived in Georgia at the time. And. Like I said, basically that track uh, <laughs> kind of means the world to me. And uh, it's why I own Illmatic. I, I own Illmatic like six different ways. I own multiple, multiple, multiple copies of Illmatic. And somebody will come with a new version of it. They'll make a new color of it. They'll do something and I'll buy it again because I absolutely love it. Uh, what's up with yours? So I remember that when this song came out in 1991, um, I was 10 years old. Now, I didn't really get really familiar with it until maybe about 1990, about 1995. The song that everybody f- was familiar with on this album, We Can't Be Stopped, was My Mind's Playing Tricks on Me. But one of my friends, um, Dexter Benefield, he gave me this mixtape. And um, on, this, uh, on that mixtape was I'm Not a Gentleman. And... The first time I heard it, it tickled my funny bone so so much. Like <laughs> it's such an it's it's an incredible song. Um, like the beginning sample is um, "Ladies First by Queen Latifah, but then there's like you know the record scratching it goes right into it. "Ladies First, who the fuck made up that shit? Nine times out of ten, it was a bitch. Like <laughs> Willie D, man. <laughs> I mean, like, like right off the bat, it's just like it's very raw, not not PC at all, and it was just like more to come in the whole song. But that first verse is just like, I mean, even when it goes into like the like the second bar, I'm coming at you like this because your pussy ain't no more important than my dick, miss. You know what? I like I said, um. As like a, a thirteen or a fourteen year old guy hearing that for the first like for the first time was amazing to me. And also, that's why Willie D, Willie D. Ryan beck and call. Yeah. Come on, who else is doing that? <laughs> Bitches act like they handicapped. The whole song is brilliant. <laughs> like the whole song is great, but like it just it just ooh, ladies first, ladies first, scratch. Ladies 
<laughs> it's such a good song, and that's why, like, it's it's definitely like, and it's in my top five. Like, like T said, like these songs could be reversed in almost any order, uh, but that that song is important, and that 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 opening verse is a is a is a real kick to the teeth. tell you i graduated high school in 94 so that year of course remains super important in my life personally and musically the lost professor remix of organized confusing stress was getting heavy play on the box and similar life's a bitch it was like nothing i'd heard before but in actuality it was like something i had heard before and that was of course lost professor's production and a queen's mc in this case though Instead of Nas, it's Pharaoh Monch. His opening salvo on this song are bars I've repeated to myself for nearly 30 years now. It is Stress, the Lars Professor remix. It's an organized uh, confusion. It's just a, it, was a, it was just a 12-inch. I, of course, own a, a picture disc 7-inch of it, which is actually pretty cool amongst my collection of, of records. And I'm telling you right now, I walk around the house saying this shit probably... Any given day of the week, honest to God, and it is your it's the verbal assault weapon with words uncanny. From the West Coast to the Atlantic, Pharaoh is one of those guys who MCs will say is their favorite MC. He's like Black Thought in that regard. People who know know, and they know that Pharaoh is. Just one of those guys, one of those untouchable dudes. You've heard him probably, like I'm saying, in popular songs, like he was on, oh no, you know what I'm saying? He had that joint with Most Def and, uh, and Nate Dogg, you know what I'm saying? So it's like people have f- for sure heard of him, but then I feel like sometimes he's underappreciated, uh, along with organized confusion in general. But yeah, the uh, Large Professor remix of Stress is my shit. And therefore, it's in my top five, like opening salvos, opening bars ever. All right, so move right along to uh, what I would I would consider my number four, and it is uh, Mac Miller's Insomniac off his Faces album. I I believe this is like this album, like I didn't listen to any of his mixtapes, but I remember um, when this came out. I think we were we were doing a podcast and uh, we were doing a year review a year in review, and this is one of the albums that was on there. And the first time I heard Insomniac, man, I, I fell in love with Mac. And the lyrics go, I, I'm the motherfucking greatest. Y'all don't know that shit. I don't need your money, you can hold that check. Had a crib and some polo sweats. I don't need a hold, it's what the hoes don't get. I'm on my worst behavior. Bad side piece with the Persian flavor. I'm not doing those, those lyrics any justice by the way he comes off on this song. And the way... The he rides the beat. It is a very eerie, like what I guess somebody who hasn't slept is feeling and hearing in their head like this. Ooh, it is very, it is it's a very eerie like vibe to it. 
and I love that song. That's why it's my number four. I feel like I kind of wanted to like really throw some some newer stuff in here too. It was a toss up between this song and Numbers on the Board by Pusha T. I'm so bossy, bitch. Get, bitch, get off me. It's a different jingle when you hear these car keys. <laughs> Your SL missing the S, nigga. So it, it was a toss up, but like I kind of feel like Mac Miller deserves deserves some love, and like I, I'm quite sure we could we could do two hours on Pusha T, but not today. Fair man. So up next for me, graduation felt like the first album I studied hard with Ant. We knew all the mixtapes, all the various mixes of the different tracks, way before they ever dropped. One such mixtape was the Can't Tell Me Nothing mixtape, hosted by Plain Pat. Plain Pat, what up? I remember. Can't Tell Me Nothing is by far one of my favorite tracks made by an anti-Semite. <laughs> <laughs> Produced by Mr. Weston, a gentleman known as DJ Troop. Or Toomp. I can't remember how that's how that how pronounced because I don't I don't remember ever hearing this man get a shout out. But that is what the, the well, internet says. Well, the little the backstory behind this, why you probably didn't heard him because I don't think you're a big Jeezy fan. So Jeezy and Ti um, was doing a song together, mm-hmm. and I don't remember if Kanye was just supposed to have a verse on it or or whatever have you. Kanye straight up like pretty much took the song from um from Jeezy. Like he was only supposed to have a verse on it, and he was just like, Oh, I added this to it. Can I have it now? And Jesus just said yes. And that's how that song came uh came came to be, pretty much. So so really it was it, it was a probably a DJ Toon produced track for Jeezy, and then Kanye mm-hmm. comes in and just made it all his. Very cool. Yeah, he like uh, he he adjusted to be like minorly, and like I said, why we'd probably never heard of this dude is like probably in Jeezy camp. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, this track uh, was the what like one of the songs of the summer that my but but also it was the summer my youngest child was born. So of course that's just again just super. As you can tell, my top fives all have just. Special places in my heart, you know what I'm saying? <clears throat> I, I, I was, uh, you know, about to become a, a, a dad for the second time, and uh, it's just a wild, a wild summer that summer in general, like I said. But seriously, the opening to Kids Help Me Nothing is just bonkers. It is a banana strike, and uh, you know, all these things you'll hear, you know what I'm saying, but I have to re- I have to say them out loud so you can understand. I had a dream, I could buy my way, way to heaven. heaven when I woke up, I spit that on a necklace. necklace. So God, I'll be back in a second. Man, it's so hard not to It just keeps going to who much is given, much. Is, I, I love Kanye, and I know I'm not allowed to love Kanye no more, but I love Kanye's that, music. That's that's not true. Uh you are you every everybody's um allowed to love Kanye. The only thing me personally I don't do is like especially in the black community, we all have people in our lives or had people in our lives like like during drug addiction, during just like you know, you know, you got uncles that might have been a deadbeat dad. You, got, it's all these different things. I mean, that that could be any community, but it's like I have an uncle who acts exactly like Kanye West, like exactly like him, and I still love him. Sometimes uh, he's in a back burner. Sometimes he's in a front burner. Sometimes he mad at me. Sometimes I'm mad at him. Like. And it's always been that way. So 
Like, you can love somebody and not like what they do. And that, that's just the situation that we in. Like, that I'm not gonna say, oh man, that dude saved my life or show like I I and he is such a big part of my 20s. Like my whole 20s. Mm-hmm. Like um yeah, his soundtrack, like I remember that summer. That summer, I did like Can't Tell Me Nothing. That was a great mixtape, but flashing lights that summer. <laughs> like um I remember I used to go to this place called the B-side on Coventry. And like uh, every Tuesday night. Which is funny cuz this is Tuesday night. <laughs> and um I just remember that song just like that was the soundtrack to that summer to me. Like it was like the first time like um uh, just like picking up girls in bars and like I did I remember don't, I, I don't remember this lady's name or nothing like that. I just remember this one night. The song is playing. It's hot. It's dark. And all I see was her. And this song is playing. The shit slowed down. It was just, it, it was crazy. Uh, but I, I don't know. I just kind of feel like Kanye still has moments of clarity, even if it's bad moments of clarity. And like a couple albums back, um, he, he he said it almost like twice in a row. It was like like on Black Skinheads, you never the um the Frank Ocean part. You're never gonna get what you want. It was like yeah. it's like I'm not I'm not gonna be him no more. And then um, of course the next album, I miss the old Kanye. Like yeah. we're not gonna get him back. He's off his meds. He's fine and he's fine with it. But for my number three. Someone that influenced Kanye a whole whole lot um, was a Tribe Called Quest, and the song I picked is "Electric Relaxation." Like, so close to making my list. <laughs> I was just like, I was like, nah, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a not, I'm not. And I'm gonna tell you why. For uh, such a long time, a younger, more not not necessarily immature, like, honey, check, check it, it out, out you got me mesmerized. With your black hair, fat ass thighs. Street poetry is my everyday. But yo, I gotta stop when you drop my weight. If I was working at the club, you would not pay. Hey, yo, my man Fife Diggy, he got something to that say. That was something. Like that was an ambition of mine. <laughs> like, almost like, every woman needs to be judged by these, by these metric in, in this whole song. Um, it was just like, such a... I mean, I was 12 years old when the song came out. Just about the time I'm starting to notice girls and thighs and hair and the way they dress. And it was like poetry for a young man's soul at that point. Like, and then after that, it's like it's on the fucking uh Wayne's brothers. And you you hear it every week, and um it's such a good song. My brother and I um had a couple like albums we listened to all the way through at night. Before even Midnight Marauders came out, like we listened to it every night. We had the poster on the wall. It was such, and that was like one of the songs where it's just like, even if uh, we you didn't stay up to listen to all the rest of the album, we listened to that song, and that's why um, Electric Relaxation is my number three. I find it, uh, that that one uh, goes back to my 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 youngest child. Uh, when they were a baby, 
I would uh, sit there and they'd wake up at night and I'd rock them in a rocking chair and I would just, honey, check it out. You got me mesmerized with your black hair and your fat ass thighs. My baby's a little chubby baby at the time. <laughs> and it just, it took a whole different meaning as I got older, you know? And I just, I, I find it, uh, I find it glorious and amusing. That's, we've, we've, we've talked about Tropical Quest and, and in particular uh, Midnight Marauders in the past. So for those who have access to those uh, older uh, episodes, you know. And if you don't know and you want to know, you know, there's ways. I mean, <laughs> the podcast is pretty much named after the um, after the group. So. Yeah. So, you know, right right there for you. Uh, why don't we give a slide over to one of our, our, our guests and uh, leave some space right here for my man, uh, uh, Delvin Cox of the Delvin Cox Experience, who came through with a very interesting uh, top five. It is, I trust me, I've, I'm, I'm the guy who makes it. Uh, and puts it into the show, but Delvin goes into real good detail about why things matter to him, and I think it's a, it's a super fun to hear. So uh, I'll put that right here. This is Delvin Cox, host of the Delvin Cox Experience, and here are my top five opening bars. Number five, if any moment kind of defined my high school years or any like song, I think this song's intro kind of did that in so many ways. The song, believe it or not, is um, Victory by Puff Daddy and the Family. I remember this song so well because it was right after this album came out right after the time where the pat untimely passing of Biggie and Tupac. And people were kind of counting Bad Boy out because Biggie was the face of Bad Boy. We're like, all right, they had Mace, that's cool, but we we don't know where they're gonna go. They're just gonna be just kind of party hip hop and stuff like that. And people were kind of mourning the loss of Big still. So, you know. And this kind of was like almost the last thing we were really going to hear big on besides Life After. I think Life After Death came out after this. But I digress. So, and people weren't really looking, people weren't really at that point checking for Diddy's album like that. People liked the album Missing You song, but they were like, uh, we want big. So, I vividly remember getting this CD and victory setting the tone for what the album was. And this is a highly underrated album, in my opinion. No Way Out is a fantastic hip-hop album. Now, a lot of people sleep on because it's P. Diddy, Puff Daddy, whatever you want to call him now. But it's a great hip-hop album. So many great artists on it, including Big. Definitely, if you haven't checked out No Way Out, definitely check it out. Once you hear the beginning of the song, it kind of gives you a feel for what to expect because it starts off with the sample from like the Rocky movies. And it just kind of progresses from there. You know, the song, if you haven't heard the song, is Puff Daddy, Biggie, and Busta Rhymes. Now, on paper, that probably sounds like it shouldn't work. But this song works so well because of the way Diddy sets it off. Then it goes into Biggie. Then it goes into the hype chorus of Busta Rhymes. It just gets you hype, and it's just such a fantastic song. And I think Diddy kind of sets it off perfectly, and that's 
saying a lot for Diddy. This is probably Diddy's best verse. And I love how it starts off with Diddy just saying, Yo, the sun don't shine forever, but as long as it's here, then we might as well shine together. Better now than never. Business is more pleasure. Pete Diddy in the fan. Who you know do it better? Do it better. Yeah, right, no matter what, be airtight. Yeah. So when you hear something, make sure yeah, right, you hear no right. matter what, be airtight. So when you hear something, make sure you hear it right. Don't make your ass out of yourself by assuming our music keeps you moving, whether you're proven. You know that I'm two levels above you, baby. Hug me, baby. I'ma make you love me, baby. Talking crazy ain't gonna leave you nothing but choke. And that jealousy is only gonna leave you broke. So the only thing left now is God for these cats. And big, you know, we too hard for these cats. I'ma win because I'm too smart for these cats. Why they making up facts, we raking up plaques. Well, that's my first one. And it's, it's one of my favorite ones in hip-hop. And it's really high up there for me because of what it meant for that time. And it was just a dope song. So, moving on. Number four on my list comes from another one of my favorite rappers of all time. The legendary Ghostface Killer. And... One of the coolest intros and one of the coolest rap videos I've ever seen in my life is from Daytona 500. That that song is just amazing to me. I love the intro to it and how it starts off with Raekwon just killing it. But even before that, the singing part is just amazing. The way it starts off with we are the G-O-D's, and we came to rock the spot like Iron Man Sparks. They be the illest MCs in the world today. Listen to them clear and put the box right near your ear. Light your blunts and down your beers. Cause you can never fuck with Wu Tang Killer Bees. So listen to them clear and put the box right near your ear. Light the blunts and down your beers. Cause you can never fuck with Wu Tang Killer Bees. The way it just goes in from that to the track is just perfect. Number three on my list. Well, pretty much all of these from some of my favorite artists. But this one in particular is probably my favorite artist of all time. My man DMX, rest in peace. Dark Man X. Now you may ask, what song would I take from DMX? Of course. I'm going to the intro of his first album. And it's literally just called Intro. So I think this fits perfectly with what you're doing here. What I love about this, let me, I can tell this quick story, hopefully. The intro to DMX was my first time hearing DMX, the intro to this album, of course. I bought this CD because it had the response to Cannabis from LL Cool J back in the day when that was a thing. They had like another CD, I think it's called... I can't remember the name of it. I think it was called. I can't remember the name of it. But it had LL Cool J's response to Cannabis on it. So I didn't know what to expect with DMX's album. I've heard some of the features. I was like, this is cool. But this intro, not only like the, 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 the lyrics, just the beginning of it, where he comes in and say, before the song even starts, he's like, yo, you know these Rough Rider niggas, man? Dog, that's my man in them. I heard these niggas is for real. 
Uh-huh. Dog. That's my man in them. Yeah, but I heard these niggas supposed to be locking down the industry on some power shit. Dog. That's my man to them. Mm, I see. So, what I'm doing, right, right, my man to them is doing, cause that's my man to them. I feel you. You feel me? I feel you. So, you know, no. when, when you, you fucking, fucking with, with me, me, right, 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 you, you fucking, fucking with, with, and then it kind of uh, goes into the song, and it's just, what have you done now? Fucking, fucking amazing. This just one of the greatest songs ever. My number two on this list from one of my favorite rap groups, Mob Deep. The beginning of a career, I just want to say. Shook One's Part Two is what I'm talking about. The way it starts up, it was just something special, man. Just hearing the whole thing and it's so much to love about this song. It's just straight rapping. And it's so raw, uncut. And just so you New York. And I, I love everything about Shook Ones. And that way that Prodigy just sets it off. Just amazing. Just the whole word up, son. Word. Yeah. To all the killers in the $100 billers. For real. Who ain't got no feelings, no doubt. Keep your eyes open. I got this. Just watch my back and got your front, yo. Yo, check it. I got, I got you stuck on this real. We be the infamous, infamous, infamous heard of us. Official Queensbridge murderers. Just that. Just amazing. One of the greatest verses. Not only just intros, verses of all time. Shook was part two. And last, but certainly not least, my number one from my favorite artists of all time, one of the greatest hip-hop artists of all time, surprisingly, from his second album, because I didn't hear the first album until after I heard the second album. I heard it was written first. It's from Nasir Jones, Nas, and it's The Message. I love this song so much because what was cool about this song, how I found out about this song was, for those who are old enough to remember, they played this verse, or part of this verse, in the intro of If I Rule the World. Like, if you watch the video of I Rule the World, the song starts off with this verse. And when I heard this verse, I was like, yo, who is that? And then I heard the If I Rule the World song, and I thought it was amazing. I immediately bought It Was Written. Fell in love with that. Then I listened to I Am Next. And I it fell in love with I Am. I love I Am. It's an incredible album. Then I went back to Illmatic and fell in love with Illmatic. So this kind, this is the kind of track that kind of started me off with my love affair, my lifelong love of Nas and everything that Nas does. And I think it's, it's so cool, a great song that I just love so much. So it starts off with... I didn't know till I was drunk though. You freak niggas played out, get fucked and ate out. Prostitute 
turn bitch, I got the gauge out. 96 ways I made out. Montana made it. Good F-E-L-L-A. Verbal AK spray. Dip the tatchy. Jumped out the range. Empty out the ashtray. Glasses A make a man cash his clay. Red dot plots. Murder scheme. 32 shotguns. Regulate with my dust. 17 rocks gleam from one ring. Now let me let y'all niggas know one thing. There's one life, one love, so there can only be one king. Number two joint, but not really. Again, I'm going to have to reiterate that multiple times. So I always feel bad about saying this. Although, kind of, really, my number two and one tracks are kind of, honestly, got my number uh, one and two tracks. It's August 2002, and grinding has been tearing it up all summer long. Like, tables all over the, this great nation haven't been the same since, with so many people beating that track out on it. <laughs> Every school, every whatever. Somebody got a quarter in their hand right now. But when we finally got the album to go along with that single, and King Push and Malice on a wild-ass Neptune's track came through and let anyone who doubted them know and know quickly that players, players we, we ain't, ain't the same. same. I'm in the cane and I'm gun. I'm in the cane and Chopard gun. Chopard with the fishes make the Chopard face look with numb. The fishes make I'm with Panama on that amazing sun. I'm amazing, son. You niggas wonder where my grace is from. I speak with corrupted tongue. Recognize in the any given day, ask anybody who knows me, anybody who's a rowdy regular, they will tell you T is always, always players we ain't the same. I'm in the cane and guns. Just something I say. It's like a, a normal ass, like adage I speak with at this point. Lord Willen is wild in how good it is. As a, I don't, I guess it's not technically a debut because they, I guess they they had a uh, like they like mob deep in that regard. You know, what I'm saying they had a an album that they made when they were younger and not quite signed all the way up on a good label as the clips, but. It's what everyone knows them to be their debut as. You know what I'm saying? It's not their underground. It's their it's their major label debut. Yeah, you know, say we all love you know grinding because grinding is grinding still goes even to this day. But the intro to the song, which is just called intro, so they didn't even do anything special to it, bro. It was over. Can't, push a T still. Push a Terrence is still <laughs> one of my favorite MCs to this day. But it all started, you know, back in August of 2002. Because I got that. We got that album like. Day one, we went downstairs to FYE and cop copies. <laughs> so, yeah, that is that is my 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 number two uh, 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 favorite opening bars. So, my number two is um, a, a very a, a long, long, long time favorite, um, and it is uh, "Come and Get Me" um, by why by what some people would say is the greatest MC that ever did it, um, Jay Z. Volume three came out when I was in eleventh grade, and I just remember. I think it was I had one of those like CD Walkmans or Sony. I was working, I could afford it. <laughs> the anti skip, um, and I remember listening to this one in class, like. I remove the roof, nigga. Let the sun shine in. Thirty-eight ways, enough to put one nine in. 
Really a 36 without the gun, I'm thin. thin. But when the gat is tucked, I'm fat as fuck. Ignorant bastard, I'm taking it back to day one. No kids, but trust me, I know how to raise a gun. But niggas that think I spend my days in the sun. Well, here's the shock of your life. The clock not about that was, I wear and still to this day wear a 38. Um, it was 38 in jeans, which is like, oh, okay. Because we wore our jeans big. Yeah, we could we really be wearing a 36. But I, it was such like a, 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 there's not much of a beat, but he just goes right in on the song. And Come and Get Me is still just a, a lifetime favorite for him. It's like so many Jay-Z albums that I skipped because I was so mad about volume one. Mm. I know a lot of people love volume one. It's like two songs on volume one I fuck with. It's uh, Million and One Questions. It's Imaginary Players. And that's it. <laughs> and a million and one questions, of course, was just an interlude on that album. But then uh, my man Fran got me a, a copy of the CD, and it's a full song. So I actually have the full version of that in that drawer right behind me that you don't know exists, but Anthony does. So that's what matters. <laughs> so, and of course, imaginary players, of course, being uh, well spoken of throughout my life is one of like it's one of the important songs to me. It's like like always top five songs to me like you're saying that that one don't move that one's it so but then it's like volume two what's on there is always on there what else is on volume two no is always on um blueprint, on blueprint. right okay what's on so volume two volume two is um is um annie um uh, money cash holes. Um, okay. Money cash holes. Um, hard knock life. Hard knock life. Uh, jiggle what? Jiggle who? Okay. I mean, volume two. Because volume two came out when I was like in ninth grade, and I yeah. remember my dad probably only bought me like three Christmas presents in my life. But that CD player uh, was was one I remember. And I remember um, I was talking to Tanya Butler on the phone, <laughs> listening to um, Hard Knock Life. And one thing that I think, and it might not even be a difference, but listening to it in the car and listening to hearing it on like um, Yo MTV Raps or whatever, sounded so eerie it was like it sounded so different than um what the radio played like hard knock life um the way he like the way it, it was flipped it, it it sounded so good and it didn't sound um it sounded painful um more than like um than that other stuff like um then when you heard it any other way like w- mm. before it got um the glamour of everybody else liking it um i don't know I, there's not there's not a jay-z album besides maybe the blueprint three that i don't love and i love blueprint three because like i remember because we're we're a generation, even though I am a little younger than T. Like we read the source, we read Double XL. We like we knew the news, and like I knew 
that um, even though um, he's not uh, on volume three, he's not named as Kanye West um, on the bounce, that that was Kanye West rapping. Um, so it's always that little stuff. Um, but I don't know. Like uh, volume two, I know like Sunshine with um, Foxy Brown and um, I know <laughs> I people think that's so sacri- uh, sacrilegious, but I love that song. It's okay. I, I, so to each, to each his own. Like I said, that album he that's that one he went end up going back and cutting it down and making a blueprint two point one, right? Yes. Yeah. Because basically Which everybody was like, because everybody was basically like, "Yo, bro, you made a too many. You made a double album, and not all these songs is worth it." And so he went back into well, whomever probably you know, who knows. He might have even gave him damn. It might have just been Def Jam. Went back in, hacked it down to a, a more you know reasonable number of tracks that's supposedly the creme de la creme of, 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 of the original, you know what I'm saying? So, I don't know, man. It's like I said, it's... it's, and, it's and wasn't that the same time where, like, he stabbed Un right before this album, right? Yeah, th- that was definitely around volume three, so between between volume two and three, yeah. So, par- probably, most likely the reason was, like, because uh, I remember, um, like, so it was the whole summer... I wish I, I still had that bootleg where it's like all these songs, some are on this album, some aren't, that are like Jay-Z either gave away or never came out. Because I remember, um, like, Show You How to Do This, it was uh, um, like this extended song where it's like um, at the beginning, at the end, he'd be like, um, and if your man gets you bagging up, it could be worse. Just put a little in your baggy, a little in your purse. And then if the song goes off and this girl's talking on, on the on this version where she's like, hey, number 12 on this on this new Jay-Z is trash. Don't ever listen to it. And she kept on saying a little in the baggy, a little in the purse. And then um, is that your bitch? That was on that um on that bootleg. And he pretty much had to release all the all these songs. Like a double album because like the streets already had it. So yeah. usually um I, I learned from Snoop Dogg, he's like, Well, you usually have like 24 or 25 songs. And then we picked the 12 best of those songs, and that's what we released. So with with his stuff being bootlegged, um, I kind of feel like he was like, all this gotta go on there because most most of those songs, even like some of the clutter, except like a few. Um, like I think like addicted to the game isn't um on none of that stuff, and also like um like the hidden tracks and stuff on the um on the blueprint three, the blueprint three, the whole thing is just so necessary because it's like y'all stole my shit, <laughs> y'all put it out there, and like we rock with that CD the whole summer before the um the blueprint three came out, and then we were disappointed when certain songs like is that your bitch was not on there because if you had the the right bootleg it cut off at Twister's part and we and we never got to hear the whole um the whole song with Twister on there. That might be a fun episode just um versions of songs like mixtape versions that we think are better than the than the final product which oh, is yeah. in, in, in in many cases I'm pointing directly at one particular Kanye West song when I say you when I talk to you about that but there's oh, some yeah. other joints out there yeah, I, I I think I got a whole top five of Kanye songs that like the same thing he gave away or like ne- never came out 
or um or he has like a different version of again told you we had some buddies in the house and uh so we want to make sure we uh, give them their shine uh this is a friend of the show friend in general you know what i'm saying especially after coming through with this because let me tell you something i asked for this from this man last night and he delivered it this day while at work on the set of nbc's grand crew uh Actor, comedian, podcaster in his own right, uh, XOXO Gossip, uh, Gossip Kings is a, a, a show you should be fucking with. Uh, Carl Tart come, came through in the clutch Spotted. with his with his uh, <laughs> with his uh, top five uh, opening bars, and uh, I, I, I can, as a person again, I'm the guy who you know edits this shit. I can tell you is a delight. You'll very much enjoy uh, what he has to say and, and and his inclusions. I think and why he included them. So like I said, super fun. I, I'm, I'm grateful for him for coming through for me uh, in the clutch like that. Because like I said, I, 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 asked, I asked a bunch of people. Uh, uh, pretty much, I had asked other people well ahead of the curve. And because people were not coming through, I started to ask people late. And everybody's like, oh, I can't hit that deadline. I can't hit that deadline. Or I don't really think I know enough about rap to, to try to do that. And I'm like, mm-hmm. all right, all right. And Carl, Carl's the same way. Carl, Carl uh, told me, he's like, man, I really am more of an R&B dude. But he still came through because and because he's dope and he's a good guy, man. And like I said, I, 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 I know Ant and I truly consider him a friend. And uh, like I'm not like say if y'all would if you can you can literally see <laughs> on the file names where these come from. I'm telling you right now, this is direct from the set of my man doing his job. It's pretty great actually that he did that for us. So we appreciate check it, it out. Man. Him, yeah, and, thanks, him and I'm Delvin. If I didn't get to say that, him and Delvin, I appreciate it. For sure, for sure, my man. So, uh, here you go. Okay, I hope a voice memo works because that's all I can do right now. I'm at work. So my top five opening bars in hip hop. Now, this is tough. And I was honestly a little bit nervous to do this for you because I have I I mean, I'm more of an R&B guy. I'm more of a uh oh, got to go. Okay, sorry about that. Duty called. But here we go. All right. So, oh, as I was explaining, my hip hop knowledge I'm kind of like all South and all West Coast. I don't really have no like East Coast stuff that really sticks out to me. Uh, but, you know, I'm not I'm not like a big like rap guy. You know what I'm saying? So with that being said, let's get into some of my top opening bars here. OK, and I don't know if I didn't put these in order, but I'm just like telling you so. So here we go. On. Lil Wayne's The Drought 3, Sky's the Limit. He comes out hard. You know, I ride for my motherfucking nigga. Most likely, I'm gonna die with my finger on the trigger. Ain't tell me don't get high, not to try and make a living. I tell him I'm a hustler, I'd rather make a killing. My eyes get so wide as it rides in the skillet. I let my bitch bag it if she's still in, I'm a killer. I pull it, poop the ride, now I feel like I'm You know, I'm a big New Orleans rap guy. Cash money is no limit era that that's 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 real big for me. So that's one. 
Lil Wayne went hard on a lot of those songs, on all those mixtapes. That's like my 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 senior year of high school right there, 2007, 2008. Like, Lil Wayne was going hard every time he stepped on the track. They were all very good. Next, uh, Hit Em Up by Tupac. First of all, Fuck, fuck Your Bitch and the Kitchen Claim. That's shit. That's some hard ass shit. Like that's really that's really declaring war right there. And I want to be on that team. You know, that was West Coast. Uh, I didn't really get into the East Coast West Coast beef. I was a little bit too young for that. But you know, it was it was about the West Coast at the time for us uh, who were on the West Coast. Uh, speaking of West Coast, "Sprinkle Me" by E Forty. Yeah. Hocus Pocus. Skiggity scat. It ain't nothing but me. It ain't that nigga E-40 water. You know, nigga, he, he comes out and says, I be more hipper than a hippopotamus. Get off on your like a neurologist. Push him awake to Natlas. Got a pot by the name of Tupacalus. The 707 Marisco hella fall back to floor terrace. I pull a 40 out of my Which is probably the first time that any rapper had ever used neurologist in a song. Probably the first time that hippopotamus and neurologist rhymed in any setting. Uh, I'm sure even hippo brain doctors don't even rhyme that. So that I mean, you got to give it up for for E. Fody, one of the one of the greatest linguists in American history. Uh, and then you know, I'm gonna take it a little bit. Like some people gonna say, like this ain't like he ain't spitting on this. He ain't spitting like oh my god, he ain't like he ain't getting off on this. But when you think about it in, in actuality, like this is a bar. On Wipe Me Down with Fox, Boosie, and Webby. Fox comes out and says, I pull up at the club, VIP, gas tank on E, but all drinks on me. Fresh kicks, fresh white, tall teeth, fresh NFL hats, fresh bows with the grease. He's literally saying, I don't have my priorities in it, but I'm having a good time because happiness is what's most important to me. And I fully agree with that. In in ways, I'm I'm a little bit more practical than than that. I, I probably if if my gas tank was on E, I, all drinks wouldn't be on me. I would I would probably buy myself drinks. I couldn't get everybody drinks because I would need to get a little bit of gas. But I I think that's such a hard bar. When you hear that, everybody in the club raps that bar. Uh, everybody in the club goes crazy for that. It's a it's a it's it's what everybody gets on the skating rink. What everybody gets in the skate ring for, whatever at the dance floor, everything that that song means so much to culture. Um, and then finally, one of my favorite rappers, one of my top five favorite rappers, uh, Juvenile Juvie, on Huh. And honestly, that's more than just the opening bar. That whole song, honestly, I think it's underrated because it's southern and they have accent, and southern rap doesn't get the respect that it deserves. But the whole song, huh? But when he first starts off, like, that's, that's you with that, that badass bad ass dance. That's that's you that that like, we watching you. Like, you, you doing your thing. That's you with that badass dance. You gotta go to court, You gotta serve a subpoena for child support, huh? That was that nerve, huh? You ain't even much get a chance to say a word, huh? I know I ain't tripping. Don't your brother got them birds, huh? You won't bust one of them niggas' heads, huh? You ain't scared, huh? You know how to play it, huh? I know you just ain't gonna let a nigga come and punk you, huh? Stun and front you, huh? Straight up rank you, huh? You know, got that fire green, huh? You know how to use a triple 
Cause you that can't keep old lady Cause you keep fucking a drink You gotta go to court You gotta serve the subpoena for child support You know Like he's he's listed, He knows everything about this dude And this dude is a paper chaser He got his block on fire Remaining a G until the moment he expires and You know what it is to make nothing out of something You handle your business and don't be crying and suffering Like Everything like He just talking about this dude who just owned the block And everything that he got going for him and I think that is a also another song that speaks to the Americana, if you will. Thank you. a freshman in college when uh the chicago mc who then at, the, at that point in time went by the name common sense who i knew from his song soul by the pound remix dropped what i would consider his magnum opus and that is of course the no id produced i used to love her and of course on this track lonnie rashid lynn lynn's dedication to hip-hop was made art made made into song in fact the titular her in the song's title is an acronym for hip-hop in its essence is real which i go up for it was a lot of acronyms in that period of time in hip-hop you know saying you had your 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 knowledge rank supreme over nearly everybody krs one and you had uh uh, you know your creams your cash rules everything around me Hip-hop, for some maybe that period of time, we all learned about acronyms and started making everything <laughs> into some, I don't know what it was, but I'm telling you right now, 90 to like, let's say 97, hmm, it was a lot of acronyms, backronyms. People were just like, yeah, this, this means this. This means that. You know what I'm saying? Jealous ones still envy Jose. Jealous ones envy Joe. You know what I'm saying? Fat Joe joints and so forth and so on. It's like... It's just it was it's, it's interesting to me how how that of course that process worked out. But this just one of those super duper important songs. I probably call it my top ten, which is weird to say this is my top five starting bars, but it just holds a special place in my heart. And that's of course because you know what we talking about, y'all, is hip hop. And I used to love her, Common Sense, because I'm still gonna call him Common Sense. I hate we just have to call him Common. <laughs> it seems so little, but uh. I'm about you to say, know what? I wonder what uh, Lorna Dern called them. <laughs> I wonder if they still date. No, like uh, I think it, the last person that I know of he dated was uh, Tiffany Haddish. Okay. Oh yeah, true indeed. And I feel like Laura Dern was with who Bunch was of she black with? Dudes. <laughs> I, I know, but uh, Baron Davis. Yeah, like I feel like they might still be together. Like they had a very long relationship. Well, after he left the league. Oh, excuse me, the association. Anyway, my man Comments Ball began this song with I met this girl when I was 10 years old. What I love most, she had so much soul. I was just a shorty never knew Throughout my life she would be there for me Or the regular Not a church girl, she was secular Not about the money No stuff was my checker But I respected her She hit me in the heart A few New York niggas had did in the park I like to keep going from there and there for me, and I was there for her. Pull out a chair for That song Might as well be my story And my relationship with hip hop music Cause again 
right around the time I was about 10 years old is when I want to say it was like K97 in Memphis, which is like the the, the R&B kind of station down there. Kind of we started playing some some playing more hip hop music, and we started coming up on on on, on joints. And again, it ain't I I, ha, I have I have I have not been the same since. I can promise you that. Also, what I love about this song is that this led to directly to beef with Ice Cube. <laughs> who, who who felt that that comment was disrespecting the West Coast because of he had a bar in there about which which because uh, around the same time he went uh, she now she on the West Coast and around the same time I went away to school something like something to that effect the comment took us I mean that Ice Cube took us a diss so he goes off on comment but then comment comes back you have to imagine you know comment. Everybody knows Common at that point is like, oh, he's a laid back kind of gentle rapper, you know what I'm saying? Whatever, whatever. <laughs> but I think we all slept on the fact that Common is a Chicago dude and a Chicago, basically a Chicago hood dude. And you know what I'm saying? That, that GD's Vice Lord type shit. And he came out with the song The Bitch in You, which we discussed on our, our diss tracks album uh, record some, <laughs> uh, some years back. And you have to imagine Common Sense dropping a, a, a song called The Bitch and You Going Hard at Ice Cube. It was, uh, yeah, it was something. Man, Minister Farrakhan had to intervene to get these brothers right and to chill the <laughs> fuck out because he was like, I cannot have this. Y'all both, you know what I'm saying? They both was Islamic brothers, you know what I'm saying? So he's already like, come on, bro. Y'all know this. Y'all know this don't work. So I just had to chuckle that that song led to such a madness, I guess is how we'll word it. But you got it, baby. Hold us down. Pull us. Pull, uh, you know what I'm saying? Shoot, shoot this, the J. So I was, I wrestled with this in my mind. My original pick was Spaceships, the first verse of Spaceships from um, College Dropout. But I was in the car and um, I got a bunch of random songs on my phone. And I remember. This song just brings back a memory of of me for me, and it's uh, the song is MC Hammer's Turn His Mother Out. Now, everybody knows like most Hammer songs, and this isn't like most Hammer songs. Like his lyrics are like he always pretty simple, but jovial, and this song isn't really like that. Um, and I remember. Maybe I loved it so much because I was told to stop singing it by my mother. <laughs> because she was just like, mother means motherfucker. You just said mother, and you ain't allowed to cuss. So if I hear you saying that song again, I'm going to beat your motherfucking ass. As <laughs> I think the, the, the speech I got. And I was in the bathtub while I was singing this song, and I'll never forget that. But, like, so. um, Also... The fact that like the, the sample of this song was a song I heard years before in my house. Like my dad is a big parliament um like um fan. And the fact that like so many songs like that are in my head, like hey, everybody loves hey by crucial conflict. But from the beginning, I'll stay is like one of my favorite songs. And like I could never really get into that. I do like hey, but I can never get into that place because I do feel like I'll stay is such 
a song in my heart that like that represents a lot of my childhood. Like, did you watch the last episode of Atlanta? I have not. Okay, well, we'll talk about that later. But they, that was another Funkadelic song that they used at like the last uh, moments. It was just like, damn, I listened to that song all my childhood. So what, the song that was Turn This Mother Out by the uh, Parliament Funkadelic. So uh, like I said, I was already familiar with it. And MC Hammer, it was just like this song to me before I knew more about him. Because I remember like Red Man tells the story. It's like one person you don't fuck with is Hammer. He was like, he's from Oakland. Like, he had like deep gang ties and stuff like that. But, you know, when he, I guess, tried to switch it up and become the funky hair hunter on the, like, later on with pumps and up bumps and stuff like that. But, like, it was like, it was kind of like he should have been who he was from the beginning because, like, after that, he kind of, you know, fell off and they were trying to call him a studio gangster and stuff like that. But, like, you know, during his rise and, and stuff like that, like, he had a lot of, people around him that were murdered and stuff like that. So that's a whole nother thing. But the the first verse, I wish I could rap it just like him because the way he raps it, it's, it's you got you gotta hear it and it'll be um available to you. Strong like a lion, no denying. I'm in effect, and you suckers are trying to get me. You can't. I can't even say it the way he says it. But as a seven year old kid, that song touched my heart so much. And shit, I, w- I wish I could dance to it. And I just remember how great that song was to me. And the fact that mom was like, "Cut that shit out." <laughs> You're not gonna sing that no more. <laughs> um, but turn this like you ain't out. taking it from me. You are refused. Is um, like I said, it's it was a uh, I kind of feel like it, it it came from left field from a person who was just like I'm happy, I'm dancing, I got a cartoon, and I'm in this KLC commercial with no bones. But then <laughs> on this album, on this particular track, it's like it's a whole like 45 seconds before anybody starts rapping. It's just like. 45 seconds of hype like this this verse this first verse is about to go fucking hard and it does to me and that's why turn this mother out is my is my number one nice mc search tells a story of uh after they dissed hammer and uh the gas face they were you know third base was going to travel to california to perform and it and 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 it turned out hammer put the word out on them and Cause like I said, Aunt said Hammer had gang ties. Well, Hammer, Hammer straight up had shooters, and they was looking for MC Search and Prime Minister Pete Nice, and they was gonna have they say. And it took some other LA some LA rapper to basically uh, bring about the piece. I can't recall uh, who 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 actually who it was. I think it was Ice T. Holy shit! Can you imagine? <laughs> you had to call upon Tracy to come out, come handle business to make sure shit's sweet. So to, to to calm Hammer's ire that you made fun of him in a song, and I'm just like, hmm. hip hop, you are so special and also so dumb sometimes, and and it's just it's so wild to me. But yeah, there you go. We've done it. 
Ant-Man, what else you got for us? Just like the old tradition of the show, one of the things that me, you, and Brian used to do is as a, as not only a hip-hop generation, but a reading rainbow generation is you don't have to take my word for it. Here's some other sounds that you might like, but you don't have to take my word for it. I got two. Since we this was a very rap-centric episode, I got two of them. And like one song I have been listening to, any chance I got, was Girls by the Whatnots in a Moment. Ah, man. I can listen to that song. It's it's not a lot of songs I can just listen to like hey, all day long. It's like such a perfect song. And that's why that's my you don't have to take my word for it. But I also have a B side today. Because I finished the Phil Spector documentary on on Showtime. And then I started watching the Phil Spector movie on HBO Max. And and also when I watched the, uh, the, the Tina Turner documentary, they spoke about this song too. And it is called River Deep Mountain High by Ike and Tina Turner. They... I mean, of course, I didn't grow up in that time, but like the wall of sound technique by Phil Spector is like one of the most known things that I've seen. bridging the gap between whites and blacks with music was something that that you have to admit that he did but this particular song didn't do well in america like it was a big hit like internationally and like you know ike and tina had a fucked up relationship and like the lengths tina turner had to do to get this song made to begin with is a like is a is an interesting story and the fact that like um you know phil Spector, like what like you know like went on a limb to get this song made and like then like nobody liked it but it is such a great song and if you have time listen to this song that's what's up so this is a trio called moon child that i fuck with and the first time i heard about them was on a show called pump up the jam which is a show that has since gone to gone to gone the way of the whatever but they had a guest on that show and they did basically a similar segment to this they did a, a segment there it's like hey man what 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 are you listening to and why? And so forth and so on. And they guess said this song is called it's off their Voyager album, Cure. And it's a song Cure by the band Moonchild. And I was like, yo, let me cause because that, that guy had been a such a, a personable guest. I was like, let me look it up. Looked it up, fell absolutely head over heels in love with that song. And of course, head over heels in love with the band Moonchild.
as they're described as an alternative R&B band. It's these all white people. So mm. it's, uh, Amber Amber uh, Navran, uh, Max Burke, and Andres Matson. You would never think this group would be making the type of music that they make. But it's insane, and it's insanely good. And I would tell you to go check out uh, Moonchild's catalog in general. But one that I think you would really go up for, especially if you fucking, like said, just a certain sound, is The Truth. But the Jazzy Jeff Jang Poison remix of The Truth by Moonchild, it's an amazing song. I, just, I put it to you like that. If you fucking James Poyser sound, and I, and I know I'm saying if you're a hip hop head, you know about and fuck with Jazzy Jeff. Jazzy Jeff has been on for, for years humbly doing a lot of back end production and stuff that you would like, oh shit, he did this, he did that, that you probably are unaware of. And this is one of the ones that I, I, I think is a, it's just a super banging song. So... that first that Voyager album with Cure on it I ended up having to order a copy of this album from Europe because of course Moonchild is one of the bands that gets popular in Europe and, not, and is, is making noise in America in fact they got uh, they're nominated for a Grammy this year for alternative R&B but I had to order the copy of that album the, the version I wanted which was like their one year copy of it that it was made on this color vinyl so I had to order that from a German record store and it took forever to get here and I'm usually like that's because I got I have another German store that I order from, and their stuff getting here lickety split. So I was thinking, oh, Germany as a whole. Nope, it's just that particular shop. This mm-hmm. other shop does not. So for the truth, the Jazzy Jeff Chase Poison mix. Uh, once again, I I've or, ordered the uh, that I have a beautiful like blue and red uh, seven inch that that song is on that I had to order from Europe. And again, it's over there amongst my collection. It used to be front and center of my collection. Currently, there's a another uh, album on, uh, on the front. I have a display on the front of my my seven inch box that I can put a record in. And it used to be it held that spot down for a very long time. But that's a dope track for me. Also, um, it's funny you were talking about uh, I'll Stay because I have a playlist on my in my Spotify of songs, and then the sa- the song that that, that was sampled. So of course, it's Hey and I'll Stay. Mm-hmm. It is any number of songs. You know what I'm saying? And that, that, that whatever you you pick the track and, and then beneath it I'll have the uh, the sample from it. But for this episode and for like most epi- for, for all episodes of a podcast going forward, so the first two of this particular volume, uh, I make a playlist and I'll, I, it'll be in the show notes. I'm gonna I'll put the playlist together. All the songs that we can get that are on Spotify and available, they'll be in there. And I'll of course give you a link to songs that otherwise we can't have because we'll find it on YouTube. They're there somewhere. So uh, don't worry. You'll definitely, if you are so inclined, want to listen to full versions of these songs as opposed to little clips that I, that will be sprinkled throughout this show, then uh, you can go hit that playlist if you have Spotify. And if you don't, well, you can probably hit it and then figure out how to make it in your service <laughs> of choice if you are so inclined. I guess I could make it in like YouTube music too. I have access to YouTube music as a part of my uh, YouTube subscription, but yeah, it's not really that deep. But uh. I uh, shout out to Devin Cox. Shout out to Carl Tart. Uh, shout out, of course, to uh, my fellow hosts here. And this is a podcast. It's super special to me. 
it means the world to me when 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 I'm able and we're able to to make episodes of this show. They're rare, they're few and far between, but they're always super special. They're always very dope, in my opinion. <clears throat> if you wanted access to the old episodes of this show, you got to be on our on the Stage Friendship Milk Patreon, where those things exist. And uh, you know, sorry, it's just what it is what it is. But otherwise, you're good. It, it's it's here. It's present. It's on Spotify. It's on Apple Music. It's everywhere you can get your podcast at, and that's dope. Uh, but if you feel like it, hit us up. Podcast at gmail.com or on Twitter at Apocalcast. Twitter's kind of, you know, burning like a fire, so it, who knows? For right now, though, I'm, I'm a, I will, will allow it to be. But also, you can give us a call over on the, on the show hotline. It's 216-264-6311. That's 216-264-6311. But until next we meet, relax yourself, girl. Please settle down.